0: That was good. Y'all got some spunk. Amen. Well, hey, good evening, everybody. My name is Nick. And I'm excited to to get to hang out with you and share what God's put on my heart. Um, In case you were wondering, I am not Pastor Fred. Um, We're both about the same height and we're pretty skinny. But I got a little more going on up here. Is it not true? It's it's true. I'm I'm stating a fact. (laughs) <laughs> it's all right pastor fred is listening to the podcast probably somehow right now he's probably got a direct feed so let's go ahead and uh on the count of three let's give a big hey pastor fred all right one two three hey, pastor fred. by the way my name is nate nawatney no i'm just kidding he's he's not here either who else is not here that i can pick on <laughs> No, but Pastor Fred and Vanessa and the family are out of town. They're on vacation, living it up. So keep them in prayer because, come on, they deserve a break. Just like the kids deserve a cheer. It's not their fault they're little. They need to feel good, right? Amen. All right, well, we're starting a new series today called Rivers. I'm just going to let that kind of soak in your head for a little bit before we talk about what exactly that means. But we're talking about rivers, and this is going to be A big bulk of how we spend our summer. I get to kick it off next week. Juice gets to score a couple touchdowns. And then uh, Pastor Fred will be back and and we'll keep rolling with this series. But I hope you guys are excited. Because I'm excited about what I believe God is going to do when some rivers get loose inside of us and start flowing into our city, into our region. Come on, you're an agent of God's blessing. So let's jump right into the word here. Oh, yeah. Can you hit the slide for me? (laughs) Awesome. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to uh, John chapter 7. I only put verses 37 and 38 up. I'm actually going to read a little bit further than that. So for you who, uh, you know, I hear their pages rustling. I see the lights of cell phones clicking. I love it. So um, I'm going to read on to actually verse 46. Everybody there? All right, let's do it. John chapter 7, verse 37. On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers. Somebody say rivers. Of living water. But this he spoke concerning a spirit whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Verse 40 Therefore, many from the crowd, when they heard this saying, said, Truly, this is the prophet. Others said, This is the Christ. But some said, Will the Christ come out of Galilee? Has not the scripture said that the Christ comes from the seed of David and from the town of Bethlehem where David was? So there was a division among the people because of him. Now some of them wanted to take him, but no one laid hands on him. Verse 45, then the officers came to the chief priests and Pharisees who said to them, why have you not brought him? The officer said, no man ever spoke like this man. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much that we could come together and hear what you have to say. Father, thank you for where the worship team took us. And, Father, thank you for where your word is going to leave us, God. God, we're excited to just grow in you. Father, I pray that you would just use me. God, take all the dumb words out of my mouth and help me sound smart so that, Father, people can be blessed, so that people can be encouraged, so that people can have a better understanding of your word and your purpose for their lives. Come on, God, we want rivers of living water flowing through our hearts. And it's in Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Amen. Oh, yeah. So I was a military brat. I was an army brat. Any army brats out there? All one of us. Okay, I'm going home. (laughs) All right, well, I was an Army brat, and all that means is not that I'm bratty, but just I grew up a child of a father who was in the Army, all right? So (laughs) I spent some time living in Germany. Anybody ever live in Germany? Anybody? All right, now we're talking. We got people in the military. They just, their kids aren't here. Air Force, oh. I'm not getting into that. All right, so (laughs) I lived in Germany for a while, and Germany has a, a different culture than America. I mean, we have some similarities. We like to eat. We, um, we like to party in a good way. And we have a certain affinity for water parks. You know what I'm talking about, somebody here like water parks. All right. There was a water park we used to go to in Nuremberg called Palm Beach. Yeah, you didn't know. Palm Beach is really in Germany. It's true. We used to go to Palm Beach and Palm Beach was awesome. It had a wave pool. It had big inflatables that you could jump on and, like, push people off and elbow people. You weren't supposed to, but, you know. They had snack bars and food and, oh, it was just, it was awesome. You're not feeling how awesome this was. (laughs) And the best part had to be for us, the tube slides. Come on, anybody like tube slides? You get in, the water just takes you and poof. And the next thing you know you're like drowning in water cuz you're done you know and you're like wow that was awesome I'm going again adrenaline rush. And so what we would do is my friends and I we would go and we would try to master going down these slides as fast as we possibly could. We would contort our bodies and get up on our shoulders and try to have like our big toes so that we had as little resistance as possible so we could just go. We'd work for this on this for hours. And so by the end of the day, we're thinking we got this down. You know, we can go, we can fly. But there's a certain custom in Germany that we had heard about but never quite experienced until this one visit to the German version of Palm Beach. Just for for means of building some context, when you go to a public pool in Germany, it's not uncommon to see some little kids. Maybe they don't, they're not wearing a swimsuit, but the little, no biggie, they're running around. For some reason, you're wor- like, I would worry that they're going to pee in the pool, but I'm like, if you had a swimsuit on, you might pee in the pool anyway, so why is the fact that the little kid has no swimsuit heightening my awareness of this? I don't know. <laughs> but at Palm Beach, when Adult Swim came around, it wasn't the little kids that were lacking swimsuits. So my friends and I were going down the tube slide. And the time had transitioned from regular swim to adult swim. I don't know, it's probably 8, 9 p.m., you know, just something, you know, because that's just what we did. We didn't know. We're innocent. Teenagers. We're going down the slide, and man, we are flying because we've been working on it all day. We've been perfecting the art of tube sliding. You know what I'm talking about, Jews? Perfected to a science. And we hear kind of a rumbling, maybe a rushing of water behind us. We're like, no way is somebody catching up to us because we, there was nobody behind us when we got on this thing. We are going. The rushing gets closer. We're like, "Ah, that's no big deal. They'll never catch us. We'll be done. You know, we'll be out. Be all good. We'll run back up the stairs and do it again. Suddenly the rushing is right behind us. I promised myself I wouldn't do this, but I turn around. There's a naked guy right behind me. Come on, come on, it's okay, you can let it out. So needless to say, as I try to erase that memory now. Juice, if you could just hit me with a bat right here. (laughs) help me forget that. As as soon as we got off the slide, man, we go, we find my friend's parents who brought us there, and we say, we are going now. We go to the locker room, we get our stuff, we're out of there. I'm not trying to go down a tube slide with some naked guy. (laughs) Apparently, they perfected the fastest way to go down a tube slide, (laughs) and I'm not going there. And I say all that to say this, that there is some water that you don't want to get into. (laughs) Let me segue that to real life real quick. There's some places that you go to and you check it out and you're like, this is pretty good, and you start getting to know the people and you're like, oh, no, 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 I can't stay here. There's some business deals that you go and you think, hey, this looks pretty good, and then you're like, no, 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 no. I can't do this. There's some water that you just, no, I'm not going there. But tonight, this right here, the rivers of living water that Jesus is talking about, this is water that you want to get into. Come on, you can respond, it's okay. I like when people yell at me. Just don't make me feel bad. These are waters that you want to get into. Because from these waters come eternal life. And if you've learned anything from hanging out at this church is we believe eternal life starts now. It's not about when you get to heaven. It is sort of but now is what we're talking about because now is where we're living. And so Jesus has promised us rivers of living water. And here's the thought I want to drop in your head as we move forward. It's that your life needs to have flow. Somebody say Flow. I'm not talking about the waitress. I'm talking about your life needs to have flow. All right, so let's give this. Let's get some context here. John chapter seven. Jesus has arrived at the feast of tabernacles. This is a big deal in Jewish culture because this festival it goes on for a week and it celebrates the exodus out of Egypt. The Jews. Uh, When when Pharaoh finally said, all right, you can go, they wandered through the wilderness, living in small huts or tabernacles. And they worshiped God in a temporary structure, a giant tabernacle. This is all before the temple is set up. So this is a big deal because when you walk into Jerusalem during this festival, people are living in little huts for that week. You see huts in people's yards, in the streets, on courtyards, on top of roofs. It's like a giant outdoor slumber party. There's celebrations, people are singing, they're dancing, they're celebrating, they got palm branches, they're waving them around like it's the Super Bowl. It's an exciting time in Jerusalem. And Jesus rolls up in the middle of this festival. And there's a lot of religious ceremonies that go on. And one particular ceremony... The priest goes to the pool of Siloam. And if you're familiar with the pool of Siloam, some pretty cool stuff happens there. The Bible says that this is a pool where an angel would come down and stir the water and people would be healed when they touched the water. Jesus healed a blind man and told him to go wash his eyes in the pool of Siloam. This is a significant place. It's located near the temple. And so the priest would go, or he'd send some people, and they'd take this golden pitcher and fill it up with water from the pool. And they'd bring it back to the altar And there would be a basin right in front of the altar that the priest would pour the water into. And I mean, people are going nuts because this is a big deal. For a Jew living in this time, this festival, this act sealed how much water God was gonna provide for the people for that next year. So you're talking in an agrarian society where people live off of crops, they want their lands to be blessed. They want a fruitful harvest. They want to be able to know that they can, you know, raise their little kids and give them some food. So this is a big deal. And I want you to catch this. They're looking for a word from God about water in their lives. They're looking for natural water. But what we're going to see is Jesus is going to cut in and talk to them about spiritual water. So that brings us to verse 37. The priest is pouring out the water in the basin before the altar. People are just going nuts. At this point, they would typically, the the group of people would typically start singing Psalm 108. The verses that I quoted during the call of worship, they, they were from Psalm 108. It's a jubilant, it's a happy Psalm And so people are singing this psalm and they're just getting into it and they're excited because God is going to bless their land with water. And right as the psalm is ending, Jesus stands up and in a loud voice, he says, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. Everybody gets thirsty. Silence. The party stops. People are looking around. This isn't even the first time that Jesus has talked about this. Another time he talked about it was when he was passing through Samaria, which is significant because there was a lot of racial tension between Jews and Samaritans. And Jesus stops at a well where there's a woman gathering water. She's there in the middle of the day in the desert. She's going at a time where she knows nobody else is going to be out there to look at her, to judge her, to condemn her. Because this is a woman who's gone from failed marriage to failed relationship to failed marriage to another failed relationship. And she doesn't need any more looks. She doesn't need any more gestures. She doesn't need any more jeering. She's just trying to get some water. And Jesus begins a conversation with her. And he... He asks her for a drink, and they begin to talk. And at the the crescendo of this conversation, he says to her, whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. And there's a few things from this whole story, this whole uh, festival scene that I want us to catch, and the first one is this, is that God has always intended for his His people to experience eternal life. Let me say that again. God has always intended for his people to experience eternal life. It's not just Jesus standing up at the festival or Jesus standing up in front of the woman and saying, I got rivers of living water. This is an Old Testament concept. People would have been familiar with this idea of God pouring out his presence on them like water. In fact, God and Isaiah seem to have a pretty long-standing conversation about this. Could you flip the slide for me? Check this out, dude. Uh, Give me one more. Thanks, man. With joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. The beast of the field will honor me, the jackals and the ostriches. Anybody here have an ostrich? Nobody? Brad, you don't know? None? Okay. Okay, awesome. The jackals and the ostriches, because I give waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my people, my chosen. Here you get the next slide. And he goes on, Verse, uh, chapter 44 for I will pour water on him who is thirsty, floods on the dry ground. I will pour my spirit on your descendants and my blessing on your offspring. Everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and you will have. You who have no money, come buy and eat. Yes, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. God is concerned about people knowing he's going to pour his presence out on them. This is important because people get this view of the Old Testament God that he's somehow different. They read Judges or they read Joshua and they get this idea that God's just concerned about Vengeance and killing people and bloodshed, and really, God is concerned about people experiencing his presence, people experiencing eternal life. Can I get an amen? Can I get a tweet that from the Rev Church section? Thank you, thank you. Cord saved me on that one, boy. They were gonna leave me hanging. They're like, I ain't saying tweet that. Mm-mm. In Joel chapter 2. God says, I'll pour out my spirit on young and old. We see this fulfilled in Acts chapter 2. But we also see it being fulfilled today. God's pouring out his spirit on us. So we see it before Jesus. We see it with Jesus. We see it now after Jesus has gone back into heaven. God is concerned about people experiencing eternal life. You don't have to settle for mediocrity. You don't have to settle For dry, boring routine. Do you know that work can actually be an exciting spiritual endeavor? Let me move on. Y'all ain't ready for that. (laughs) I'm I'm still trying to work that one out. But it's true. It's true. David said in Psalm 63, yet you, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. God is all about his people experiencing his presence. The second thing that I want us to get is that Jesus is the source of the living water. He is the source of living water. Can I get the next slide? Make sure I didn't shoot myself in the foot. There we go. That's where I want to be. Check this out. In two sentences, he declares that he's God. See, we just talked about how it wasn't a big deal that he talked about rivers of living water. Everybody got that. That made sense. But look at what he says. He says, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in who? Me. As scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. He just stood up in the middle of the party and said, hey, there's water you're looking for. Right here. Right here. I'm the source. That's a big statement. A lot of people made that statement and didn't get out. You know, people have made that statement before, they wouldn't make it out of the room. He just claimed to be the Messiah. And I know we're, we're, we're not Jewish. This, this may seem a bit foreign to us. But he just stood up and told people that had been waiting for thousands of years that he was God in the flesh, come to redeem them and that he was going to. Give them his spirit. This is a big deal. This is where we hang our hat, guys. For some people, that statement, like today, that statement, they read that statement and that's like the naked guy on the slide behind you. That's like, no, no. Bro, we got to coexist. I'm all about coexisting. I see the bumper stickers. With the cool, you know, it's clever. You got the religious symbols and all that. That's good. I'm not hating that. I'm about coexisting. I don't see anywhere in the Bible where God says go punch a Muslim in the face. I don't see anything where God says go uh, hate Jehovah's Witnesses or Mormons or look down on Catholics. I don't see that because God is not about that. God said, what's God about? God's not about I'm going to give you rivers of living water. And if you're too busy hating other people because they don't, act or talk or look like you, you you're missing on this. Holler at your boy. Thank you, Nicole. Come on, we're ready now. We're ready. Jesus is the source. It's not just what he said. It's not just him claiming to be the Messiah, but it's how he said it. And how can we measure how he said it? Look at the people's responses. Let me read this for you again. First off, if he was wacky, if he was crazy, then somebody would have said something like, you crazy. You have lost your mind. But what do they say? They say, this is the prophet. This is the Christ. They start challenging. They start, would the Christ come from Galilee? Is this possible? What's going on? They start questioning. They don't say, dude, you crazy. They said, he might be right. Right. Let's go through our fact checker again. <laughs> Dude, you got that, that signs of the Messiah little note card on the inside of your palm leaf, right? What does it say? <laughs> what is he, what is he is, I think he was supposed to be taller. Uh, they're honestly asking themselves if he's the real deal. Something about how he said it struck deep. Let's go a little bit deeper. How many of y'all ever been to a concert? Okay, I'm not talking about Third Day. How many of y'all have been to a concert <laughs> where people are like, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I was at such a concert. Don't kick me out yet. Actually, we seem to be a good group. I was at a Whalers concert. Anybody ever been to a Whalers concert? <laughs> Come on. Uh, little Bob Marley. <laughs> I like Bob Marley. It's cool. Jal lives, man. Anyway. So I'm at this concert with a couple buddies, and people are, you know, and they're drinking, and there's this obnoxious, I mean, I know we're supposed to love people, and I love them, but he was obnoxious. He was drinking too much, and he was trying to impress his girlfriend, so he's just yelling. It was an opening act, and, and no lie, the opening act wasn't any good. But I still don't want this guy yelling. I'm like, I paid money to get in here. So what happens when people start acting rowdy at a concert? Who knows? They kick him out. And who is tasked with kicking this guy out? Security. Security. The bouncers. So this guy's all, I'm so cool. And these two bouncers come out of nowhere, and they grab, there's two of them. They grab them on each side, and they pick them up. Hey, let me get a couple big guys and demonstrate. No, I'm just kidding. Um, they pick them up, and they just, whoom, they walk straight. Like, you need to get out of the way, because we coming through. Do you know there were bouncers? At this celebration, check this out. It's crazy. In verse 45 it says, then the officers, a.k.a. the bouncers, (laughs) got to keep it clear, came to the chief priests and Pharisees and the Pharisees had said to them, why don't you bring this guy over here? Why don't you bring Jesus? You heard him. He just got up. He started yelling stuff. Get him. The bouncers. They don't care who it is. They just grab people and they go. Listen to their response. Verse 46, the officers answered, no man ever spoke like this man. Bro, you ain't going to get paid. (laughs) You understand that. We say, get him. Get him. What is it about what he said? What is it about how he said it? You know, they say, (laughs) they say that on the street, drug dealers don't use their own product. Jesus was using his own product. Jesus was selling rivers of living water. He was using rivers of living water. Come on. When you say a statement like that and the bouncers are like, bro, this guy's legit. God is doing something through your life. It's not just what he said. It's how he said it. Jesus is the source Of living water. He is the 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 beginning of a life overflowing with love, with joy, with peace, with patience, with kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. Come on, this is the whole package, people. The Holy Spirit, the fullness of God flowing out of Jesus, and He says, Look, if you will come to me, I will give you this water. I need that because sometimes I'm, I got a bad attitude. I need that because sometimes I go to work and I don't want to be at work. I need that because I want my kids to have a meaningful existence. I need that because I'm not good at talking to my neighbors about Jesus. It's kind of selfish of me, right? I mean, think, man, we got all of this. Jesus said in John 10, 10, I've come to give you life more abundantly. This water is overflowing. Why am I not taking it somewhere else? We'll get to that. I'm I'm jumping the gun over here. Jesus is the source. You got to have flow. Your life has to have flow. And you got to understand that the source is Jesus. Jesus. See, what what humanism has done, what secularism has done, what pluralism has done is it stripped all religion of its roots. And it said, look, all you need is what's on top. All you need is the morals. All you need is the the good teachings. But that's not what I'm hearing Jesus say in this passage. That's not what I'm hearing Jesus say in John 14, 6. If, if, If you don't like that, I'd love to talk to you about it. And I'm sorry to hurt your feelings. But... Jesus said it, not me. Get mad at him. John 14, 6, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. See, we can't rip the roots out of Christianity and just try to, you know, sell the flowers as is, man. We need a plant that's growing. We need a plant that's alive. We need a plant that's sustaining and multiplying. Jesus promised rivers of living water. This thing is active. It's vibrant. It's alive. And it should be welling up inside each of us. Even right now as we talk about it. Come on, I believe the Holy Spirit is powerful. Let me take a little tangent. I'm talking, but he's speaking. Some of y'all are getting convicted about tithing. I don't know why. I'm not talking about tithing. But the Holy Spirit is speaking. Some of y'all are talking about you need to be nicer to your neighbor. I'm not talking to your neighbor. (laughs) But God is speaking. So be in a place to receive, amen. All right, tangent, we're back. The third thing that I want us to get, because we've already talked about that God desires for all of us to, to understand that it's always been about eternal life. Secondly, that Jesus is the source, but also Jesus is the destination. Come on, he's the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. Everything that's flowing up into us, inevitably, is supposed to come back to him. Jesus says that the well flows up from inside. And that's why the writer clarifies that he's talking about the Holy Spirit. Sorry, I was about to say, hey, babe, that's our number. (laughs) What's our daughter doing? (laughs) Man, you want me to get her? (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) I love love my wife. I just happened to see it before her because I'm like ADD. I'm like, hey, that guy's picking his nose. Wow. (laughs) Can we edit this out? Is that, is that, no? Okay, thanks, Matt. My name is Nate Nawatney. <laughs> Y'all are messing me up over here. No. <laughs> oh, my daughter. At salvation we receive the Holy Spirit. And from then on we become well explorers. We start to seek out, we start to learn about this well that God has planted inside of us. We start to get practical with it. We start to learn about love and joy and peace. But on a more practical level, we start to learn about practices like getting into the word, prayer, service, accountability, worship. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Pathways. There's a destination in mind. Ultimately, life is supposed to flow out of us, flow into our homes. Our families, our friends, our neighborhoods, our workplaces. We're supposed to get out into the world. Kind of like I'm coming out to you right now. See, there's a a moving picture of what I'm talking about. We're supposed to get out into the world and start flowing in these rivers. See, we know what the word can do for us personally. The memory verses that we have. they encourage us we know what prayer can do for us personally we know how worship can touch us and help us to to feel better we know how accountability helps us to set up some good parameters in our life but this series isn't about that we've been talking about that and it's good stuff and you got to keep it going because I would argue that if you're in here tonight and you say that you're thirsty you're spiritually thirsty, it's because you stopped going to the well. And, hey, it's it's right there. But this series called Rivers is about us taking the rivers inside of us, and particularly the pathways, and pouring them out to others around us. It's like we're building a little boat, and we're trying to get as many people onto that boat as possible, because the destination is Jesus. Ultimately, it's all coming back to him. Ultimately, eternal life on earth is going to stop and eternal life in heaven is going to begin. And we've got to be in a place where we're ready. And so we're going to begin to explore the questions like, how can I use the word to impact people around me? How can I use prayer to show somebody else the love of God? And some of the tougher ones. How can I use fasting to touch people around me how can i use accountability to bless somebody else these are some of the questions we're going to be going into so you really don't want to miss another saturday because we're going big just like you said we're going big these are some of the questions that we're going to explore david godwin thank you for tweeting me i'm just kidding. It popped up on here i'm sorry um Tweet that, David. David, you know, you were always my favorite. Did you know that? Forgive me for the tangents, baby. It's just like commercials. It's all good, baby. It's commercials. Back to our regular scheduled programming. It's about the pathways, and it's about not damming up the rivers that God has put inside of you, but letting them go. You know that damned rivers, the ecosystem starts to change. Certain fish species die. Water stops flowing. It's not, it's not really good. Rivers need to flow. I know we get to build, like, huge communities and stuff, but just run with this. You can't dam up the spiritual rivers flowing inside of you. They've got to be released. It's got to be let out. And I think what you're going to discover as we dive into this series is it's not as hard as you think. You don't have to stand up on top of anything and say, thus saith the Lord. Unless you want to. But the bouncer's going to take you out if you do it in here. All right. <laughs> Verse 38, check this out. And the worship team, y'all can go ahead and come back up because we're going to have a few minutes. Jesus says this. He does. He says it, I promise. Let anyone who's thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. Out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. There's two words that I really want to emphasize there. The first being out. Now, when I was a kid, I used to love to go outside Anybody with me? Nobody? Awesome. I'm really, okay, a few. Thank you, Clem. Saving me here. Thank you, Lynette. I would love to go outside, and sometimes I'd get so excited, I'd run out the door, and I'd be like, oh, i got my shoes. I can't run in my socks. Mom will kill me if I run in my socks. So I run back in the house, put my shoes on, run back outside, realize, oh, no, I forgot my pants. (laughs) Run back in the house, put my pants on, go inside. A few more times of this, and not only do I have a problem with putting clothes on, but I would hear my dad in the other room. And maybe y'all have heard this phrase before. He would say, in or out. We got to get out with this thing. Come on, when you go out, you got a destination in mind. You got a group that you're trying to reach. You got a place that you need to go. When you go out, you're outside of your comfort zone. It's okay. We're all going to do this together. But the rivers that are in you need to flow out. The pathways that are actively working in your life need to be shared with those around you. I don't need to be ashamed to be a Christian. It's who we are. The other key word that Jesus says when, the, when he says, out of your heart will flow rivers, is the word rivers. It's not river, it's rivers, it's plural. God's put a lot into us. So we got a lot that we can pour out. And the cool thing is is that God will take the credit for that. You just got to be willing to let it flow. You got to be able to say, look, I'm going to take apart this dam I'm building. You got to recognize we're not really very good beavers anyway. And just let them flow. And so tonight, as we launch into this series, we got a few minutes, we're gonna worship a little bit, but I'm gonna challenge you where you're at to get into the flow. Your life has to have flow. It's part of the call. It's part of who God made us to be. I wanna invite everybody to stand please because I think flow happens better when you got blood flowing through your legs. We talked about it twice now, man. There's people with prayer tags. Even right now while I'm talking, if if you need, if you're just like, man, I need prayer, go find one of these guys. If you're like, hey, I need to come down to the altar and just have some time by myself with God, man, flow. Go ahead. I mean, right now even. I don't care. I'll move out of your way. But we need to do some business with the Lord. We need to say, God, I'm not going to take this series lightly. Father, I want to understand what it is for the rivers of living water to flow up inside of me and to flow out into the world around me. I don't want to be living in mediocrity. I don't want a life that's one dimensional. I want to understand the intricacies of eternal life. I want to read the word and have things pop out and make sense and come alive. Come on, how many times have we read John 7, 37, 38, 39 and just said, oh, that's nice. Jesus got up and yelled something and everybody was like, ooh. But what happens when you break it down? When you start to see the significance of the statements that he made, the reactions of the people around him. You start to see that Jesus was more than just a teacher that could be respected by secular society. But that he was God in the flesh speaking truth. And he's got a plan for your life. And he's got rivers that he wants to put inside of you to well out. Man, eternal life is big. It gets to start now. So we just want to take this moment to set our hearts to receive. Is that all right? Just posture yourselves however you need to. Come on, we can lift our hands. and We can believe that God wants to do some awesome things. And we're just going to take a few minutes just to go back and worship. Just let this be your prayer. God, I come to you with a confidence, a steadfastness that my life will have flow.